From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in On Time This Time, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk games and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. For this special nicest of 2023 episode, we review a list of the nicest games we've played over the last year, and go over what we're looking forward to playing and working on in 2024. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Okay, before we get into any of that, yep, yep, yep. now listeners will be hearing this episode on or about Christmas time. Oh, yeah. And so what that means is they've seen all the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials already. Oh, yeah. That's we, cool. here in the past, have only seen the first one. Yes. Oh, it was really good, though. Donna Noble is back. Donna oh. Noble is back. The best companion. No arguments. Yes. Um, I'm pretty, pretty pleased Absolutely, about it. absolutely. It's yeah. so funny because the, the showrunner, Russell D. Davis, is back, too. And the thing is, it's like... You can you you if you didn't tell someone that was the fact they could have guessed it. Yeah, because <laughs> the tone is like immediately like oh I remember that that's a that's a 2008 Doctor Who episode. Yeah, <laughs> so you know it comes with all of the the little quirks and mm-hmm. and flaws of uh, his uh, style. Yeah, but also the show um, is like acknowledging its history in between mm-hmm. and is moving forward and yeah. it's really clever and funny yeah. and you know um, it's like the show is like a madhouse. It's like a it's yeah. there was a time in between the last years a couple of years where the show is trying to find an identity as a, like a more serious science fiction program yeah um either through like grandiose myth making or through more recently years more like grounded drama yeah which i liked quite a quite a lot the last couple of years i think that the fans were really mixed mm. but i think they just didn't appreciate it as like a, as a drama that was also science fiction and more instead of a science fiction that was also dramatic sure and um but now with this back like oh it's like it's very nostalgic for lots of reasons um, yeah, but um, it, uh, like I said, this might be before or after Christmas. I should have checked calendar math. Mm. But um, the the newest Doctor will premiere in the Christmas episode. Um, yeah, that's really exciting too. That's exciting. So I don't know. Looking forward to that. What did you think of that? We watched it together. It was you? very fun. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, and yeah, it definitely did feel like uh, it was the the uh, I guess like one of the first seasons of Doctor Who that I had seen. Yeah, so that was yeah. kind of neat. Um, and yeah, Donna Noble's back. Thank goodness. Because um, yeah, she is the best companion. I do agree with that. Um, it, had a, it had a fun like it. I like the way that they tied up a lot of the the narrative things because there's a reason why Donna Noble was not, you know, in future episodes. Yeah, and they explain why that she's back. There's kinda. many ways they could have done it, and mm-hmm. the, the way they did it was 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 clever, both from a yeah. plot perspective, but also from like. A um a sort of character theme yeah. concept it was really really cool mm-hmm. um and it tied into her family which is one of the things that Rusty Davis was really great about yeah and if and I become a huge fan of him as a writer mm. and what's funny is none of his other shows are as corny or goofy <laughs> as Doctor Who really they are like really I mean they're funny mm-hmm. but um they are some of the most like real like mm. drama you've ever watched okay. uh, um huh. uh, two series. Uh, he writes these mini series, basically yeah. sort of British drama, yeah. six episode, one season kind of thing. The two I'll recommend are uh, Cucumber, which is 2015, and It's a Sin, which mm. uh, was which is on which was on HBO. It was, oh, okay. it was a huge, huge hit. Oh. That was in 2019 or 20. It was recent, 2021 oh, okay. maybe. Yeah. Um, and those are just astounding, heartbreaking works of drama, mm. and, and and incredible. And what what he brings to Doctor Who from that? Yeah. Is this thing where you meet somebody and two minutes later you really care what happens to them? Yeah, Aww. all of the all of the side characters in a in a Doctor Who episode that he writes or you know the, the, or as he's run them um, that show are just just legions of 
of like bit roles yeah. played by you know interesting uh, uh, people yeah. who you care so much about yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah. And so when uh, the companion's family gets involved and you see a lot more of them, mm-hmm. like th- it becomes you really, really care about them. Yeah. And mm. um, we we meet uh, uh, Donna's husband, who we saw briefly at the end in the her last episode, but didn't really get to meet. Mm. And her daughter, a new character, yeah. Um, as well as her mother, and we'll see Wilf again. Yeah. In a, in a future one, folks listening will have already seen him. Um, and uh, but the the two new members of the noble household, like slot right in perfectly. Yeah. Fit so well with the. Fa- it feels like they've been around for a long time in a way when you already knew Donna's family uh, that dynamic. Yeah. And so just. Excellent dramatic writing in this goofy, goofy world that does not stop for a second um, to, or rather stops every second to remind you how goofy it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like that about it as well. It's fun. Um, it's a really weird balance and no no other writer on the planet does it that way. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely wild. Yeah. So I just want to take a bit of time because I talk about Star Trek all the time. So I thought I'd mix it up a bit. I appreciate <laughs> it. I like Doctor. Well, I. But the character is I don't like Star Trek, but I I watched Doctor Who before I knew you. So, <laughs> so you have your own opinions. Is what right. You're right. Yeah, I got it. You haven't been forced into liking it. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. So your, your, uh, your uh, loyalty to Donna Noble comes by earnestly. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, Alan, you're still in Duluth, I hear. I, I moved here, so it, that's likely to continue. We're just going to check in every week to be sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm hoping after the, after the turn of the year to make kind of a more regular trips down to the cities, but we're still, you know, in the process of unpacking and reorganizing things and got all my clothes yeah, unpacked. It takes 10 times longer than you think, right? It really yeah. Does. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you just got to like pick at it. My goal for this week is to unpack three more boxes um nice eric's cool. eric's been making tons of headway um as well but yeah so that's going on and i think more exciting than unpacking boxes is pretty much anything in the world but specifically um we've been going out and just like exploring the city because you know we used to live here but it was many years ago um yeah. so things have some things have changed some things have not um we've been going down to this little like uh, like speakeasy style bar called the Rathskeller, and they have like music, live music, like multiple times a week, um, every week. So we've been listening to some jazz, and Eric's been requesting autumn leaves from every single group, <laughs> um, which is hilarious. <laughs> that, uh, so ev- eventually, you will have to find a new place to go. I think. right? <laughs> no, no. I think he's. I think he's actually given himself a mission to become that guy who requests autumn leaves. Um. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's well on yep. the way. Yeah. One of the things that um, is happening right now in Minnesota is that um, our awful state flag, which is just a seal, a racist seal on a blue background. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, because it's oh, a state yeah. seal, so of course it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that uh, they had a, a submission process to design a new Minnesota flag, right? And I missed it, and I'm like, I think forever I will be upset. Not that I really thought I would, I would, you know, have a chance at, at getting it. But the six finalists, yeah. from where we're sitting, we're recording this, are being reviewed right now. Yeah, and they're not. I don't like any of them. I some of them are okay, some of them are bad. But so that's why I feel kind of like I wish I'd have thrown my hat in the sure. ring because if I if I didn't make it to that, at least I would have like. At least, you would have at least I wouldn't have missed the chance to. Yeah. Anyway, but the 
the thing the soapbox I'm on is there's one that I think is going to win, and I'm really mad about it Which because one? it's a good design, but it's a it's a it's a star in the middle of a, of of the field, uh-huh. and then on top of that is a snowflake, and it's in mm. very simple patterns of of oh. uh, um, of parallelograms, and it's a really nicely designed composed image, mm. and I think that's what's probably going to get a leg up. But what I don't like, I don't want a snowflake on our flag. Yeah. Like it, we do have extreme winters, but we also have extreme summers. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of thinking of Minnesota as a cold place as it's like core identity. Yeah. And so. That's uh, Alaska. They have that. That's, that's the thing. We, we don't live at the North Pole. Yeah. Our flag should not have a snowflake on it. Yeah. And, and I feel like, especially because this is happening in the winter, uh-huh. this, this review process, yeah, I am really right. nervous that's going to be our flag for the rest of yeah. our lives I've and s- I'm not happy about it I've seen those flags and I don't only like one of them all the other ones are boring yeah and I like fancy flags with a bunch of junk on it <laughs> so I'm not the best judge yeah. but uh, there's only one flag that I would tolerate the other flags yeah. I am uh, I think the one you're describing is not one I would like yeah this is where like this is the, my soapbox about like yeah. meaning and like the, the, looking good is just not it's not enough I don't think but I, think I agree like that's what I was saying but I'm getting preemptively mad about a thing we'll see what actually happens <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Dale from the editing room letting you know that Mark indeed did get preemptively mad because there is no snowflake on the state flag that was selected. It is blue and blue and has a single star on it, but it has an even number of points on it and it matches the star that's in the uh, atrium of the state capitol. So win for Mark. Hey, Mark here from even deeper in the editing booth with a further update. Um, they finalized the choice, and not only is it as Dale describes, but uh, I really, really like it. Um, of the six finalists, they narrowed it down to three, and then to two, and then to one. And then that one, they actually had the committee bring in an expert and redesign and simplify. And that's what turned me around on it. Uh, the, uh, the choice that they made for the finalist was the, really the best of the bunch, but I still didn't love it. It was when they brought some sort of more design thinking to it. Uh, and really, and simplified it, made it so that it wasn't really appealing to just what would be interesting now, but what could stand the test of time. And, you know, flag nerds all over the internet are, are praising it as well, so I'm not alone in the thinking. But I really, really am pleased how it turned out, so we'll put a link for that in the show notes. Happy ending. Um. Okay, we did meta stuff, now we should talk about our accomplishments over yeah. the past year. Yeah. Mark, what did you do this year? What I did is I published a game called Glom. Oh, it's a card you? game that I worked on with some friends of mine. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and we put that out this year. Mm. It came out in the summer. Okay, and it was uh, we saw it at uh, Origins Game Fair and at Gen Con, the yeah. biggest uh, board game conventions in the country, mm-hmm. um, and amongst the biggest in the world, where they were sold on the show floor. Yeah, and where they sold out at uh, at least one of the shows, maybe right, both right. of them. Yeah, and um, it was a pretty big. Feather in my cap personally. Yeah. Because I worked on that game with right. some friends of mine. Yeah, you did. Cool. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, it was it was it was really something. We I think we talked about Glom a lot on the show yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah. We've certainly been imploring folks to buy it because you can go to Amazon and search the word Glom and it will come mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Like on the you know, the warehouse with a billion products. That's That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's I, as far as I understand, we'll know more. We'll get we'll get sales reports from the publisher in January, mm. so we'll know how it did, how okay. the printing went. If the you know, we'll know more, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, fingers crossed that it it can be an ongoing concern and can do well, or can get a second edition or or expansions. But yeah. but now, I mean, I think we're we're pretty happy that it's just out. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. What just mattered to me this year is that like it was a thing a lot of board game 
card game designers never get in their whole careers. Yeah. Is, you know, a, a published title on the show floor of the biggest show in the country, getting really good reaction and all the things we had. And um, I, I signed copies. Like, yeah, you know, yeah like, that's crazy. It, it's just, it was a very weird experience for, for a video game person, which we've talked a lot about on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our, our into that. But the other thing that was relevant to that is um, Dogpile, the next yeah. game that we worked on as part of our uh, sort of Nice Games Jam graduation series. <laughs> <laughs> that game, we did we did prototyping, we built out, you know, uh, I did graphic design for it, we made really nice decks for it, and we pitched it at these shows. Yeah. Um, and um, we are still in the process. Um, uh, we didn't get the early bite that we got with Glom. Yeah. But I don't think we were expecting that. We got really lucky with Glom. Mm. Um, but yeah. that was a really interesting process. And unlike with Glom, where we had our pal Peter to, to take it around for us, yeah. We did this one ourselves. And so I learned a lot in the process. So the thing is, is because I'm a video game person still, I, I think about it. I'm like, ah, am I really going to be doing more of this next year or the year after? I'd still like to. Yeah. There's a whole episode of the show about this. Mm-hmm. Are we mm-hmm. talk about that? Yeah. Um, but I think it was a big deal this year because I know more about that process having gone through it sure, yeah. uh, than I did before. Mm-hmm. Another big accomplishment of mine is uh, through the uh, IDGATC, which is the uh, Twin Cities chapter of the International Game Developers Association, which I'm a board member of and I've mm-hmm. talked about on the show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, we put on 60 events that's a lot at 60 plus events Ooh, so many more. yeah um and that is something that as a board we every month we do our board meetings and we're like let's uh uh we should we have to do a year-end report for the parent org yeah so they can crow about all the cool things all these communities are doing yeah and so we like to keep track of them mm-hmm. and we're like let's do the math on this yeah and we we I, which we should have been obvious because on average in a month we do more than one event a week and they're all different types of events run by different people and so it's a sustainable operation for the organization but it also means we kind of forget how much it is yeah um and uh, uh, um, uh, Dale and I run Twin Cities Playtest, uh, which is a monthly playtest event, which is really cool. And I would go into more details, but it would take forever. Um, Steven, you run an event for the org as well. Yes. Um, we do uh, presentations. We have just a, a social event. There's a VR event. Uh, there's a Women in Games uh, event. And they're all at different locations. Yeah. And they're, they're all of a different vibe. Mm-hmm. They have crossover audience. But the community as a whole has really grown this year. Um, and we've added new events and we've been really consistent about doing them. And, um, from where we're sitting, our holiday party, which we don't do any events in December, except a holiday party is just a nice get mm-hmm. together for everybody. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing new faces because we've got yeah. new folks. Yeah. And I had a longstanding mission when I joined that board, which is to increase the diversity of the community, uh, both demographically and experientially. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, I mean, I'm not ready to call mission accomplished. I feel like we're still not great. In terms mm-hmm. of the overall community, in terms of the rep- representation we have within it, it's and that's that's a longstanding legacy that I can go on and on about. Yeah, but we're taking steps, and I, it's finally paying off. Um, starting to anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel really proud of that, and that's like a team effort too, right? Like it's on my accomplishments, but like it took a bunch of people to make that happen. Yeah, and oh, it's got. We have to keep that effort up, right? It, yeah. can, it can slip, and it can. Um, so I want to make sure that I. Put it here so I feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we hosted Global Game Jam here uh, for them at uh, Noble Robot. That was a big success. We just found out today we're going to do that again for 2024. Cool. So, yeah, I have a little side career as an event planner, and it's not something I thought I would do <laughs> with my life as a game dev. But, mm-hmm. you know, you see a need and you fill it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, just the stuff I talked about last year. Um, I put out, you know, I published, um, I published, I put out on GitHub, I released Noble Engine. The engine for Playdate. Um, mm-hmm. I've been maintaining that all year. Yeah, added a bunch of new features, accepting more contributions from more people. It is still much more of a side project than I'd hoped. I'd hoped to spend more time on it mm-hmm. uh, during the year, but um, it's going good. And the big accomplishment, really, is that there are commercial games uh, now that use it. 
cool. um, that are for sale on itch oh, cool. as well as in the official Playdate uh, catalog, um, which is pretty exciting. That yeah. it's like, well, okay, so I didn't finish my Playdate game, but other people did with my tools, hey. yeah, and they're selling it. And like, I'm not gonna see a penny of that, but that's kind of not what I was in it for. So, um, and then you know, Dream Settler, keeping on Dream Settler. Last mm. year, I talked about wanting to make sure that it came out in 2023. Did not. That was not in this. We redid the schedule a couple of times since yeah. then. Yeah. Um, we haven't increased the scope. Uh, a lot of it was um, sort of the team had other, we moved things around. So it's sure. not a big surprise or a big, or it's not like a delay exactly. But a lot of really good stuff happened this year. Um, I really building out the tool system for building the fake web pages, including the standard that I wrote for it. that I cannot wait to talk more specifically about. I, I really want to give a presentation on this markup language that I developed because it's been you know, two plus years now yeah. that I've been working with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really proud of it. You know, the game doesn't need a lot of help adding a bunch of fantastic content. Like people are really cooking up some good yeah. stuff for it. Cool. Um, so I really want to focus on making the, the interactive experience really, really rich and vibrant and, and meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a really good thing. And then the last one on here is I'm, I'm going to tease what you're <laughs> doing, but it was a big deal. We, uh, I personally secured a really big third party developer to work on a mini game for the project, yeah. um, which is really, really exciting. It is. Um, and a lot of the work on that is done already. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's, uh, so it's interesting. a lot of stuff. It's interesting. Cause like, normally I talk about these little discrete things, mm -hmm. but a lot of my, a lot of my work, most of my work this year was in dream settler and yeah. that it's, it's still new to me, even though it's been two years to just have a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all my accomplish or most of my accomplishments really. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not detailing them up, but it's most of the things I did and did well this year related to my job. Which yeah. Is, it's, it's still a new, that's opportunity. a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a really big list. Like you guys have been yeah. super busy. Also, not for nothing, we put out like 50 episodes. Of oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. That counts. <laughs> Something like that. I, I didn't add that to my list. So I guess it's taken as red. <laughs> right. That's huge. Well, Stephen, what did you get up to in 2023? Ah, good question. Mm -hmm. um, I have, uh, we put out a game called Glom. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, cool card game. Just yourself? You well, no, I worked on it with some friends, actually. Oh, cool. Really nice. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. It worked really well. I actually played it with my, my family and friends and stuff. My friends bought copies of it, and they were they keep singing praises at the game. Nice. Which feels really good. Um, So it just feels it feels really good that we were able to get Glom out. So thank you, uh, my friends, uh, for helping us with Glom. <laughs> good job, Steven's friends. <laughs> for helping me with Glom. It's great. It's great. Yeah, good job, Steven's friends. Uh, we uh, got funding for a vertical slice at Future Club. Yeah, um, so we've been, I've been working on that for the past five months. The past this this last month was real intense. I think I talked about it um, in a previous episode that like it was just getting really intense. But we shipped it um, last was it last Friday, two Fridays ago, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and uh, it went okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just it was like crunch i guess yeah. you know i i, I want to talk about actually hold me accountable in this i want to talk about crunch and um in a future episode after hiatus okay um, some listener right <laughs> yeah get that note back to us yeah let me know let me know write it down um because i think i i don't know i've i guess suppose my stance on crunch has not changed that i i think i mean uh, i'm personally of the opinion that all crunch is bad um but i mean i don't know Things got to get done sometimes. Yeah, when you, you, when you work hard and it feels satisfying, sometimes you look back like, but was that crunch? Yeah. And yeah. It's, well, it's a, it's a tough. And thing. I suppose that's fair, too, because like sometimes it's not necessarily. Sometimes it's just you're in the thing and you really want to work hard on it. Well, sometimes it is crunch. Sometimes it is crunch. But it didn't kill you. And so you, you, have, to, you have to remember, oh, but it is. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Know? That's kind of what. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we get, you know, we got it done. And so we've uh, pitched it and we're waiting on the, Actually, we're supposed to find out about. Um, whether or not we get published, we have a meeting with them this week. 
Uh, to the end of the week, which is annoying. So you'll know mm-hmm. by the time. This yeah, the time this episode comes out, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I guess listeners will have to wait till after hiatus. <laughs> no, just ask me on the Discord. You got to be on the Discord, though. Yeah. Askgames.club slash Discord. Um, yeah, so otherwise, we're still working on other future club things. We're still making projects and things uh, to pitch to people. We don't have anything, like, fully published yet. We're still working on Skullgirls stuff. But yeah. um, um, outside of that, we don't have any. Well, we got a few. Actually, we do have, like, one thing we're working on that I'm not really involved in because it's art and animation project. Mm. But, like, um, contract work then? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's contract work. Um, so that's good. That's giving us a little bit more money. Um, we actually are going to be pitching a game to a celebrity um, mm-hmm. in, like, a month. It's kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. I never would have thought that I'd be working on a game that could potentially be associated with a celebrity. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of weird. Well, without revealing anything, you have talked about how the, your your company is 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 working with licensors. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that's been a, a you've been in those conversations. Well, yeah, yeah. We have a um, we have an agent who's been helping us get like, yeah talk to people and pitch things, and I, he brought this opportunity opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of why I think that's why this came up all of a sudden. Because I think our game kind of this this game idea that we've had, uh, I think it's that that card game that I've talked about a little bit mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. um, has potential with some people. I guess yeah, they're interested yeah. in it. Um, so yeah, we'll see if that uh, leads to anything. We're working on that. Yeah, um, we're working on that this week because we're sick of working on the. Game. <laughs> 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 And uh, an additional thing that's kind of a side thing is I survived the snake basement for three, three months. Yeah. That's my brother's basement. Would you like to elaborate or do you want to make people dig into previous episodes? No, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit. <laughs> my brother, I lived with my brother for a few months um, this year and uh, we found out he had snakes and uh, they, they kept coming and they just kept coming. Yeah, not like not like in a terrarium, but like no, no, in the yeah. walls. No, they were in the wa- They were literally in the walls. Literally, you could hear them while I was trying to sleep. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. They didn't do the little. Right, right. They just made noise because, like, the wall. Well, they weren't, weren't cartoon snakes. No, <laughs> the walls weren't finished, so oh, they. Your were just stories now sound a lot scarier in. than I remember. It's real. It was not. It was unpleasant. <laughs> um, but he did. He's he's uh now my brother is um finishing up the basement and he's plugged up all the holes where the snakes were getting in. Yeah, there was a hole um like right outside the garage and they had to deep dig deep. He said he was going. They were going into the foundation. They had to plug up all that stuff. Like they were mining for snakes, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so they plugged up all the holes, and then he's gotten all of the snakes out of, of his house. He feels really confident that there won't be any more snakes. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't know. I was there. Pride before the fall. And all yeah, that. I'm yeah. saying. Um, he felt that way a few times before, so mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but I did that too. So it's been a it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. It's been a good year, I think. I would mm-hmm. say. I mean, you ended the year without snakes in your walls. So. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I've moved. What else could you ask for? <laughs> I've since moved out. <laughs> I'm so glad I did when I did. Um, and I like my, my my new apartment. My new apartment is nice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, things things are going. I'm just kind of stuck. Ellen, you I'm, just, I'm still kind of mentally stuck on the idea of mining for snakes. Like, you'd mine for, like, gems. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, it's a 24-carat snake. Or, like... <laughs> That really sounds like a mobile game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, Next nice game. Yeah. <laughs> Next nice game, Jim. Yeah. You find, catch all the snakes. Um, yeah. So I uh, I also released a card game. Um, it's called Glom. Oh. Yeah. And I made it with some friends. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fun, it's a funny story. It started out as a game jam. 
game. And then we just kept going, kept going with it. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and then I hear that's a good or bad idea. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It can go. It is a good or a bad idea that 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 statement returns true. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is that your first programmer joke? It there? might be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good one it was good yeah and you've played that with your friends but you've played that with your teacher I've played it with my teacher yeah. friends i've played it with my family and i um i have a coworker who bought it and she's really excited about it her family loves it um it's it's pretty crazy it's just like i don't know people like our game it's so, so wild like yeah. you can just go and buy it on amazon and people like playing it people voluntarily play it People on YouTube who we don't know have reviewed it and been like, it's good. It's fun. We did that. Yeah. <laughs> did that. Yeah. Well, I mentioned your teacher friends because that's the one thing that, I mean, you knew mm-hmm. this immediately and, and you, and you told us and we believed you, but it was really cool to see it, that the the reviews and comments we've gotten on it, the, the, the most uh, positive ones have been from uh, uh, not just people who love English, yeah. but teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been really interesting because, like, it was not a, a specific outcome mm-hmm. we designed, but it was definitely an expression of of the goals mm-hmm. of our design, which is to to it to you know to get people to play with language and to understand more about how a sentence is structured and yeah. how expressive English can be, yeah. or whatever language if you want to translate and the we- game. Yep. And and that and the people who don't need any convincing that that's a that's an interesting thing. Um, saw yeah. it immediately. Yeah, that was exciting. It's it's how how far can you push English before it becomes nonsense? <laughs> it turns right. out the answer is really far. <laughs> well, what I love about it is that the answer is as far yeah. as you like, mm. or not very far if you yeah if you like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> depends on the depends on your audience. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. Uh, we did a bunch of podcast episodes, and then. For things that are Ellen specific, um, we finished at work, we finished two big custom game projects or game based learning projects that I can't really talk about, but they were really big and now they're done and that's awesome. So, yay. (laughs) Well, plus Noodle, which you have talked about. And Noodle, yep. Noodle I can and have talked about and that's exciting. Um, The Hmm. company, like the marketing team has done like daily noodles throughout november like nice. they're just putting out noodle puzzles every day like it's just fun. pretty fun yeah it's just cool to have that out there and it's it'll yeah. it'll be out there in like perpetuity it was cool for lots of different reasons right like it was a new game on the platform that's exciting for everybody it was also like uh built in kind of a um using like a new library code library for the development development team and so mm-hmm. people learned a lot and you know team working with it kind of a new team working with a new system on a new game and it was like pretty good it's pretty good i'm excited to see what we do next um that's great yeah yeah mm-hmm. well congrats i mean yeah, like we, we all released a card game this year yeah um but i would say that noodle is probably the uh, of all the things we've put out or whatever that probably has the largest reach of anything any of us have worked on yes yeah which you know I mean, means whatever it means but like congratulations <laughs> that's a huge deal mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty exciting and it's really neat. It's it's weird to like not. I don't know. I want to hear more about how people are using it. Yeah, yeah. So I got to go to more conferences, which is one of the things that I did do this year as well. Mm. Um. So I got to go to more like 
conferences and talk to people and see if they've played noodle anyway. Um, but for this year, I finally, finally made it to the serious play conference, which was up in Toronto, which is a whole adventure with like bed bugs and black squirrels. Um, <laughs> and it was great. And I did not end up getting bed bugs at my house nor at the new house. Thank goodness. <laughs> Take precautions. Yeah. Don't cheap out on hotels. Yeah, so I met we just met some great people, some of whom we featured on the show. Um and uh just yeah, left really inspired and like feeling like I was on the right track, you know? Like mm-hmm. nice. You can just kind of end up in your own head with all this stuff. In more personal notes, I got a road bike and I went road biking. That was cool. And yeah, and then yeah. I moved Yep, I got a road bike. I biked to the office a couple times. Mm-hmm. Which was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, it's cool. pretty cool, Stephen. All your friends are doing it. Yeah, well, my friends are doing it. Not cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's like a get out of peer pressure card. It is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the cool kids are doing it, but I'm not one of those. Yeah. Then I moved to Duluth, and I'm still moving. No, I've moved to Duluth. I feel like we should have taken screenshots of the last couple of recording sessions so we can get the time lapse of all the plants behind you <laughs> in your office. Yeah. Because there, there's, there's more now. Yeah. There's more now. They're not very happy right now. It's too dry. Ah. All right. Should we do the list? Yeah, let's get off of this personal business. Blah, blah, blah. Other stuff, things that came out that we didn't make. Yeah. Yes. Now, what does nicest mean, Steven? Um, It is uh, a list of games that we enjoyed and we want to be nice to, but is it not necessarily the list of our best, the best games of the year or the games that we've our favorites for the year. It's just a list of games that we just want to be nice to. Right. And the reason we do that is because we want it to be like a more nuanced sort of exploration of the things that came out. Yes. But also, we don't want to be held accountable for this. Absolutely. <laughs> That's an important angle here. Uh, yeah, we'll keep that in mind when we get to my section. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ellen, uh, let's hear yours. Um, so some of these, I don't think, and these didn't come out in 2023 and whatever. That's fine. Uh yeah. But my list this year has kind of a theme. There's, I didn't play a lot of PC or console games, mm-hmm. but those I did play, and also the New York Times Games app, which is not a mobile, which is not a console game, but is like it's my most played game. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's on this list for a reason, and so I, um, I'm putting Baldur's Gate three up there, um, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and New York. New York Times uh, games app for all for the same reason, which is they have um, helped me like connect with family members in new ways. Oh, so Eric and I are spinning up a co-op playthrough of Baldur's Gate three, um, which I think I mentioned on the show before, like he and I have really different gaming interests. So like, we don't always get to play video games together a lot. Like sometimes we find something that overlaps. We've both really liked playing Borderlands games together. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because, you know, it's got enough numbers to be fiddly and it's got enough explosions for me. Yeah. Right. So perfect. <laughs> um, we've played some like Magic the Gathering together. That one's a little tougher because it's like you can go really hard into magic. Mm-hmm. And I generally don't go really hard into anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Eric does. Anyway, so Baldur's Gate 3. It's like, oh, all right, we can play this game together. It's going to be great. So we're excited. We're spinning that up. Um I've had multiple nephews play Kirby in the Forgotten Land with me. Yeah. And with Eric, which has been super great. Cause like, yeah, they're like just at that age, you know, it's per it's like just perfect. So um those have been really great. 
and then a New York Times games app. Few of the family members just get on there every day and we play the same three puzzles and we post our scores to each other in the same text chat. And it's just kind of like a, it's like a, hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how much slower, how much slower were you than Eric at the mini today? <laughs> oh, he was only a minute faster than you. Yeah, he was 50 seconds faster than me. It's a record, <laughs> you know? So it's <laughs> it's been fun. Um, just those kind of fun moments, and that and those games get on the list for just creating that kind of connection um, for sure. Um, we had some horse games related conversations this year, some, and so I'm yeah. gonna list <laughs> lots of those. Some. Um, I'm gonna list Rival Stars horse racing for uh, letting my inner horse girl run free. Um, I'm no longer. I was like I was playing the nonsense out of that game for a while, as you know. I've not I haven't played it for months, and I probably won't pick it up again. But it was a lot of fun while I played it, and lots of really hilarious horse names. And, and you know, we got to speak with Rick, who was part of the team who developed it. You know, like that's yeah. pretty special. Um, and then I think the last thing I'll mention on this list is actually a studio, not a specific game. Um, but I have been playing the. Playing the bees. I don't need that's not a saying, but it just okay. feels right here. I've been playing the bees out of these games. Like all of the flying insects are gone from these games. That's how much <laughs> I've been playing them. And this these are these are games. <laughs> yeah, so Afterburn, they're a studio out of Poland. And they um their studio page has three games listed. One of them is Golf Peaks, one of them is Invento, and the other one is the one I'm playing right now, which is um is it railbound? Yeah, I think it's railbound. And so these are all kind of, you know, 2D spatial organization yeah. puzzle games where you're moving things around, and you're yeah. connecting things. Um, Golf Peaks has some three-dimensional elements because you're dealing with like, you know, um elevation when you're pitching the, mm -hmm. the right. ball. Um, but the the puzzles are delightful for one. Like the games are absolutely super well polished, super delightful, fun to play. But the reason that they, you know, go from that level to definitely nicest of 2023 is these are the best tutorials I've ever encountered in any game ever. Like, it's just like, just like these paper thin slices of mechanics that you layered on each level. It's absolutely brilliant. And um, I can't wait to see. I'm so, fortunately, Railbound is huge. There's like tons and tons of levels and some of them are really hard. So I'm going to probably be working through that one for a while. But like, I'm going to be so sad when I run out of levels <laughs> because it's just like, I, I really am looking forward to, you know, what that studio does in the future. I can, I can see them doing some really cool stuff. So um, shout out to Afterburn and uh, maybe we'll have them on the show next year if we can get in touch with them. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, Mark, you're next. <clears throat> well, um, Super Mario Wonder came yep. out pretty recently. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. That's the list, right? I Ooh. played all of it. Yeah. There is nothing left. <laughs> yeah. I got through the whole thing. Yeah. And um, that's a little sad. Um, oh. Because I, I, I like, I finished, and I mean finished, and there's literally nothing left for me to do. Right. Much faster than any other Mario game I've played. Okay. I've heard that. I've heard that from other people, too. Yeah. I think the game is, uh, the, 
it doesn't get hard until late, yeah. and then it gets really hard. So it's at the later stages, and the special stuff are as hard as any Mario game. Yeah, and so they're just there to satisfy longtime Mario players. Right. But most of the game is just a joy to romp through, mm-hmm. and I think that's the right balance. Like as someone who's into Mario and like likes a good Mario challenge. Yeah. Like I didn't feel coddled or babied, but yeah. it's a it's a much easier game. Um, it gives you much more freedom. Mm to all the the bad system is interesting because you can basically cheese any level you want yeah. like not fully but essentially the challenge is there for you and if you want you can work around most of them yeah like the most of the really really tough ones eventually anyway once you get a lot of things but sure. because you've worked your way through to collect all those things including like understanding uh, uh, how to use the new power-ups in a way that's kind of like op or the badges that will help you like go back to an earlier level to get all the special things mm-hmm. or some of the things like when you get the, the big purple coins which there's three of them in every level yeah you can get them it's like there's ones that are like really hard ones where you have to like jump in a pit and wall jump out of it that kind of thing yeah if you get it and die as long as you don't restart the level it, you it still counts as collected so yeah. you can kind of cheese that too mm-hmm. the game is just uninterested in you proving yourself to it yeah which is really nice because then it frees mm. you to just prove it to yourself yeah right which is which is really really That's fun cool. so you have the opportunity so i think what that means is it it doesn't it's a challenge insofar that the challenge is there for you yeah it's not that you can choose your level of difficulty which is uh, true in a lot of games it's how we design widget satchel for example mm-hmm. but it's basically not really keeping track of how well you've completed the challenge. Yeah. It, but you know when you did. And I think that's mm. a really, really elegant game design. And it really makes me happy as someone who wants to see less like gatekeeping challenges, but still wants to see a lot of challenge in games because yeah. I think people conflate those two things very frequently. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed that. But it did mean that I just I breezed through it pretty quickly. Sure. Um, even though I was I was I was like not putting on the like the the extra high jump. Or extra run fast badges, yeah, yeah. Um, because it is, it is. I think independent of all of that, it is an easier game. Um, but it's just got so much personality. It's so joyful, um, and I think that yeah. is. I, we might have mentioned that when the game came out, but like, it isn't that different from other, from like New Super Mario Brothers. But it it reminds me of um, uh, like Windows Vista and Windows Seven. If you'll go ah, with me on this, yeah. Where everyone hated Windows Vista, and then yeah. Windows Seven came out, and it's basically the exact same thing. Like, it's amazing how not different Windows mm-hmm, 7 mm-hmm. was from Windows Vista mm-hmm. and how everyone was like, oh, it's the best thing ever. It's it, it, finally they fixed everything. Yeah. And then they everyone talked about all the things it has. Like, Vista had all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just because it's not about what it is, it's about how it lives and how it yeah. present, how it, how it integrates into your life. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing happened here where people got really sick of New Super Mario Brothers. It was, it was four or five games that all looked the same yeah. and felt a little bit too soft around the edges. Uh, it, the style felt really generic. Yeah. It felt key art. It felt you know a promo art rather than actual art. Yeah. I think that's what people got the vibe on it. And then Super Mario Brothers Wonder is just has so much more distinct personality. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, just because it, owing mm-hmm. to a lot of its its uh, animation choices and uh, which is pulled from the the uh, uh, traditions of tr- of traditional uh, animation. Yeah. And so it's just better executed in that way, no doubt. Mm. But it plays very similar. It's just as charming. I think the music in the in the new Super Mario Bros. games are is better, um, but only slightly. So really, it's you know it's on balance for its era, especially because the last new one was a decade ago. Yeah, um, isn't that much better objectively? Mm. But people really love Super Mario Brothers Wonder, uh, and and to the and they're like, but the new Super Mario games, those were kind of awful. Yeah, like this is the best game since Mario three or since yeah, Mario World or whatever. And I don't really believe that's true, mm. but like it feels true, and that's good enough for most people. Yeah, huh. and it really it does prove how important that expression is, and how that 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 personality is very vital. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was so fantastic. Cool. The one criticism I have, I talked to you about this the other day, yeah. is that there's a lot of music-themed stuff in the game, Yeah. but it's it's not foregrounded. Uh, the final Bowser battle has a music theme. A lot of the bonus stages are musical. Yeah. Um, hmm. A lot of the enemies uh, are more musically interactive than ever, um, but it's not Super Mario Brothers medley. Or, or something, yeah. which I feel like, and what huh. I'm guessing at one point in the development, music was a bigger theme in the game yeah. because yeah. there's so much music stuff in the game, mm-hmm. but it's not it, it's not really foregrounded. The Wonder Flower is the big thing that's surrounding you all the time. Right. That kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, the talking flowers in the game, I felt like more of them probably sang to you in an earlier version of the game. Uh. And so part of me wishes for another game that went in that direction. Yeah. Um, but I, I I'm mm. certainly very pleased with where they ended up. You know, I, I'm reminded now, uh, the new Super Mario Bros. games had a little bit of music-y stuff, too. Not like actual, not like the way they do it in Wonder, but you uh, know how they go, uh, wah, wah, yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> like the, the, the coupe was going, mm-hmm. ah, yeah. and they danced to it, mm-hmm. and it'd mess up your jumps, and I'd get annoyed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you have to listen to the music. It's a holistic experience. Yeah. While I was playing on my DS, sometimes <laughs> it was really late at night, and I didn't want to be able to hear What, me. you didn't have your 2005 earbuds in? <laughs> <laughs> I should have, I guess. <laughs> but I think it's, it's interesting because it does seem like they've experimented with that a little bit with the Super Mario Brothers series. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is like more of it, but not like it's they still didn't like fully lean into it. Yeah. It, it makes me think like I wonder if they really go for it next time. Yeah. I, I hope so because it's a great idea. Mm. And the stuff that's in the game is really great for it. But it isn't really what the game is, oh. is ultimately themed around. Yeah. Um, And you can see that. But you, it's like you can see the development. Uh, on in the final product. Yeah, now, that's fascinating as a designer. They could call it Super Mario Bros. Medley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did just mention that. Oh, did you? Oh, my bad. Great minds. Great minds. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to do it now. I thought I was so clever. Uh, turns out it was. You really are. Cool. You are clever. And <laughs> or, Mark or, is clever. Hey, let, I want to give you some credit. Yeah. Maybe you weren't listening. Uh, yeah. It was that. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I've talked way too much about Mario, yeah, said okay. no one ever. But uh, also, Dale and I went to Super, Mar- Super Nintendo World yeah. this year, and I just wanted to uh, talk about that just briefly, because we talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we 100%ed that as a team. Yeah, yes, cool. That was super fun. Um, and uh, yeah, all my thoughts on that are in that episode mm-hmm. uh, back when. I think probably some Patreon content. I think it is Patreon content. As well, mm-hmm. so take a peek for that. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that Dale and I played together was Star Trek Resurgence. Ah. Which I forgot about, Stephen. You reminded me that that game came out th- this year because it's a pretty short narrative game. Yeah. Um, and then you're done with it. It doesn't. Re- there's no engagement metrics. Yeah. You there. said it was like three hours. Uh, it's probably a little longer than that, but it was just a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Dale uh, uh, had the wheel, and I was in the couch next to her, and cool. we played through it. And it is. It's. I again, I've talked about it on the show before uh, when it was out, but like, um, it's such a great combination of that narrative mechanics and really really solid star trek storytelling yeah um that it's all about these you know like lower decks the show is about the other characters right that's the yeah. theme yeah but as that show has gone on those are the main characters yeah. this is sort of had the same kind of idea it's like it's a minor ship uh, you know a, a not the most famous captain and yeah. a couple couple of side characters you play as a non-com off it's all very much just like you know what it is like to be an officer in Star Trek, yeah. rather than the story of the best uh, characters in in the Federation, yeah. right? which is great for a, for a, for a, a game in a rich world like that, mm-hmm. um, and just cool Star Trek themes, and uh, you know, as far as like a Telltale style game goes, um, uh, pretty good about how like your narrative choices work. Um, it never make you never have to feel like 
you're picking the right choice or the wrong choice. Yeah. Which as much as all narrative games wish that were true, so few that's actually true. Mm. You kind of always know that there's a ideal outcome. Yeah. And this game is was pretty aggressive about like, you know, you can choose and you always choose things you think is right. Mm-hmm. And often things are obviously more right than others. But mm-hmm. the best thing about it is that the choices you make, you know the context they are in other choices. So you're like, yeah. this is the right choice. But if I make it, then there will be other things that happen that are not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is something that you never see in these, in these multiple choice games. Mm. And so I don't want to give it too much praise. Mm. It's, it's a, it, just, it just tipped over the edge of being, uh, uh, of, of nailing that in a sure. way that most games don't. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't that much better objectively than the games that do it. It just, it just had a little bit more that made that work. Mm. And Star Trek's a perfect setting for that kind of storytelling too. Yeah. So I loved it. I never, I didn't press a single button. I just watched it and I told yeah. Dale what I thought she should do and she did whatever she wanted, yeah. um, which was fun. So it's yeah. kind of just like watching an episode of the show. <laughs> nice. Um, but it, it is the perfect game to play with somebody. Mm. And whether you're participating in the decision making or not, yeah. you can still feel involved. Cool. Um, and I really, really like that. Um, the last two on my list are both um, similar to the New York Times app, which I also played a ton of this year. Um, the Zachtronic Solitaire Collection. Yeah. Uh, we had Zach Barth on the show uh, earlier in the year. Uh, he was so kind to gift us uh, a codes for that game, yeah. which we did not need to interview him. Yeah. Uh, so it was really a gift. Yeah, it was. And yeah, I, I am nice. still playing the ton out, like out of that. I'm playing the bees out of that that solitaire collection. <laughs> all the bees, yeah. all the insects, uh, all, all the bees. Having so much fun with it, and uh, it makes me think about games that um, when I talk about games, I want to make. I always want to talk. I, story is important to me. Yeah. Narrative, meaning, and expression is important to me. It's what I think games should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, a lot of the games I play are abstracted or purely um, a, a, a sort of like a repetitive skill or things like the, the crossword. Or Mario is sort of like that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, there's more going on to Mario than most people think. But a lot of my favorite games are not the things I talk about, the things I want to make. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I've long recognized that as like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's still important for me to talk about the games I think are important to make mm-hmm. and what I think other people should make. Um, and certainly the ones I'm going to, you know, try to do. But I always have to remember like, that it's you know um, there's still that part of game of play that is important in its own right, yeah. and uh, the Zactron Solitaire Collection is a great example of this. Um, and then the other one is uh, called Puzmo. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a new website from uh, uh, Zach Gage, yep. and it's uh, it's invite only right now. But it's really you just have to solve a puzzle to get a, an invite. It's really cute. Um, it is a it's like the New York Times app where there's a bunch there's a, a, a sort of medium sized crossword every day, and then a couple of of daily uh, um, uh, uh, puzzles. Mm-hmm. One of them is really bad chess, which a lot of people know, <laughs> and I've become obsessed with through this. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, some uh, word games and some it's really interesting, but also very social. Like mm-hmm. Ellen, you're talking about you you it has a friend system so you can compare oh, okay. scores. Yep. Right now, I don't have any friends on it because it's d- d- nobody I know is on it. But sure. it has like global leaderboards. Which I hate, actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's it, it brings out all the wrong types of competition, mm. and I think it. This is my criticism of it: is that the game design it very frequently makes compromises to preserve the integrity of the global leaderboards oh. in a way that I think is pointless, huh. and I think hurts the experience yeah. of, of the game. Like one example is there's a there's a, a a puzzle game called Spell Tower where you spell words and then the letters cascade down and you try to clear them all. So yeah. you want to, you don't. This is a high scoring word, but if you do it, then the letters that fall will not make other words. So there's some strategy involved. If you make a mistake, you there's no undo. Yeah. Um. But also there's no restart, and oh. the, and the reason is is to preserve the integrity of the leaderboards. Mm. And that is seems to me absolutely ridiculous because one, I'd like to play the the day's uh, puzzle and then try again for a better score. Yeah, uh, but it will not let you do that. Oh. Um, and so, and that is that is to so 
it, it makes me think about like when you when you have like a group chat or you share scores with friends, that is like a really sort of friendly competition. And like that, but when you're competing with the whole world mm-hmm. and like, and there's no, you don't have any relationship with the people you're competing yep. against. It really brings out a lot of the worst in it. And it kind of drives me crazy <laughs> every day. But uh, but P- Puzmo is great. The games on it are really good. Some of them are new. Some of them are from the sort of history of, of Zach, uh, Zach Gage, uh, is games. Um, just really, really good and fun. And and again, tons of personality. Yeah. Um, we'll put that link in the show notes. And uh, so you can get it. You requ- request an invite. And then you, you solve a puzzle and you I think you get like um if you're the first five hundred to solve a puzzle every day, it'll eventually be opened up. So it's not like hard to get access to it. But I, I'd recommend people check it out. Especially if you are a person who does like spelling bee or connections or wordle um on the New York Times app, because it's just more of that, basically, um, with its own unique spin. Cool. Yep. And then I just briefly, because I've spent way too long, I think. Um the the big sequels, Spider Man to Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I had a lot of fun with those. Yeah. But I don't know. Just big sequels. The games I already played. Mm. I mean, I've talked about how much we. I like those games. Uh, Spider Man. I just finished. You yeah. Know, recently, and I really, really loved it. Mm. But also, didn't add anything to my life. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really, that was a great game. Yep. And so I, I, I did want to mention that because it, those are the games I probably spent the most time with and maybe had the most fun with. But I wouldn't call them nicest of the year. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, doesn't mean they're not great. No, nicest is up to you to determine. Yeah. 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 That's what. Yeah. So, Stephen, why is there no Kirby game on your list? Because the. Okay, when did Kirby and the Forgotten Land come out? I don't know. It was just on Ellen's list. Okay. <laughs> it was on Ellen's list, but it came it, out last year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It wasn't this year. It was a holiday game last year? Oh. Yeah. Um, And I don't think there was a Kirby that came out this year. Yeah. Right? Well, there's like side games that come out pretty frequently, right? But yeah, there wasn't one this year? Once in a while. Yeah, but there wasn't one. And, the, you know, the actual reason why Kirby didn't come up is because Spirit Island has taken over my life. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was on your list last year. It was, as an honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer an honorable mention. I play it way too much yeah. to just honorably mention it. Um, it's like it's like Civ Six. But like take that and make it an hour long, and then you play twenty games of it, and it doesn't even make a difference. Yeah. There's just nice stopping points. You can go get snacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's just a very fun game. It's like a, it's really it's a really condensed four X game, and I play it solo a lot. Yeah. It's a multi. I mean, it's it's a co-op game, multiplayer game. Hmm. Um, but I tend to play it solo a lot. That is what is interesting about it to me is that it's a co-op game. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And the, and the co-op aspect of it is really fun too. Did you say it's a board game? Did you say that? Oh, sorry, it is a board game. I yeah. play it on Tabletop Simulator, but it is a board game. Um, they also have app versions of it too. I actually have that app on my phone mm-hmm. when I need my fix. So, well, Ellen was talking about the horse game all year. You were silently. Having the exact same experience yeah. in Spirit Island. <laughs> a little bit. Shoot. Yeah. Um, in the and I was having the same experience with the Zachtronic Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out. It took up all the oxygen and raining. And- it really yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just let Ellen talk about it, so we didn't look bad. Yeah, it's um, fine. But yeah, no. It's, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just very fun. There's a lot of varieties. There's a bunch of different spirits and stuff you can play. And I like it because, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I like mastery, right? So, like, I'm, I'm really trying to get good with one particular spirit with a bunch of the different adversaries that they have too that yeah. you can fight against. Um, and I just, I don't know. It's just I, one thing that's really fun is because the games are relatively short. You can feel like you can experiment with a bunch of different strategies and things. But like, because like you also draft cards during the game, like the game experience changes based off of what you draft. Yeah. So like, you kind of just gain overall knowledge. Um. Which I don't know. I think is really fun and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just it's real good. Uh, 
It's real good. Yeah. I played it one time this year. Yes. You uh had, I forced you to play it. <laughs> you forced Dale and I to play it yeah. at Origins. Yes. Um and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. the thing I liked most about it was that it's a really good co-op board game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't you knew the most about it yeah. and you did a lot of like telling us what to do. Yeah. But we never felt without agency. Yeah. And we never and so uh, I mean part of that is that uh, you know, uh, is the players you play with. Yeah. But I think the game also does a really good job of, of making it very difficult to control the board as one player right. while everybody else just watches, just does the thing you tell them yeah. to do. But you were still telling us what to do. So like it didn't, it it meant it, it, it channeled that instinct of the dominant player mm. in a way that still felt very enjoyable for the non-dominant player. So I really like that about yeah. it. I, I don't know. I have some criticisms. I won't sure. get into them, but I'm actually, I, th- I should need to play more because I don't really see why you love it so much. I mean, I think it's just, I think it's just the way that I play games. It works for me. Yeah. That's why, because it, it really does feel like Civ and you didn't get into, you've played Civ a few times. I played it a bunch. Yeah. 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 That's fair. You've played it a bunch, but like you didn't get into Civ like I got into Civ. Oh <laughs> yeah. I definitely was like, I'll be whatever leader who cares. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I wasn't interested in the nuance of that stuff. And I like that stuff. Yeah. So like, I, that's, I think that's why I've gotten into it. It's, Cause it's Spirit Island is, it does a lot of that too. Yeah. yeah. It's scratch that itch. But I do really mean I need to play it again. That's fair. It, it's not that I, it's like, I can't see what he likes in it. It's like, I just didn't see it yet. Oh yeah. It's there. I'm certain and mm-hmm. I, I would see it i just i think i need to play with you. yeah yeah well, well i'll bring my copy yeah um the next game on here is forespoken this yeah. is mm-hmm. why i want y'all to remember to, that the nicest is not the best uh, <laughs> i really enjoyed forespoken it's very fun and i 100 it i even got the doc on trophies and y'all know how i hate trophies and achievements um that's how fun this game was for me uh-huh. um and I, I just i really had a good time with it i keep telling my brother i'm like dang i wish i could play for spoken again but i did all the things so like, <laughs> i don't feel like i want to play it again but i want to play it again i even did i bought the dlc yeah the dlc 100 percent of the dlc like <sighs> it's fun game i know they're not gonna make more because I, I don't think that game sold very well yeah, and it definitely was not critically acclaimed or anything like that. So it's just well, critics liked it, but they had a hard time telling people to go play it. I, think. I um, that was not the impression I got. But maybe oh no, right. okay. I mean, I, I didn't. It's not like I went scrolling Metacritic to see what the yeah the criticisms were. I think it's definitely a case of like people were like, well, this seems kind of young adult, and this the, the style. It's the difference between genre and genre. Yeah, I think mm. is what happened. Mm. Is like people like you really needed someone to really like both parts of it in order yeah. to get a rave yeah. because it wasn't the default fantasy or sci-fi experience that right. everyone is just happy to play. Yeah. And that's right. one of the things I actually really liked about first Pokemon is due to the dialogue. Like it didn't take it. Well, it took itself seriously in points when it did. And that part I liked the least about it, but yeah. when it didn't take itself seriously, that was when it was more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why that's what I liked about it. I liked the little dialogues and quips between with the main character and stuff. And it was like, oh, look at all this fantasy stuff. This is silly. I'm like, you know, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right, main character. Um, <laughs> so I just, I really, I really like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth checking out if if the gameplay or narrative or anything like was interesting to you. Um, and then the last thing on my list is Deceive Incorporated, mm. which is like a weird um, first person stealth game. Sort of. It's not a stealth game. Oh. Really more of a first person shooter with stealth elements ah. you basically like you start out um on a map um disguised as a bunch of civilians or guards or staff people um in the area and you just have to like you have to uh complete a certain objectives so you can break into the vault and grab the case and then escape with the vault cool um meanwhile everybody else is trying to do the exact same thing and you have to try to suss out who is you know who is not a civilian or uh, and who is a spy um so there's aspects of stealth yeah i don't typically like first person shooters shooters in general because like i don't like the aspect of shooting mm-hmm. um not because i think shooting is bad but more just like 
it's not something that no, I No, you're enjoy. pro shooting. We understand. That. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I don't enjoy the aspect of shooting. Yeah. So um, um, I, I really like this aspect or this game because like I get to feel like I can get through the game without having to be a good shot. Yeah. Um, which is really fun. And it's a fun game that me and my brother have played. Uh, it were, it's, it's actually kind of reminiscent of a game that came out on the Xbox Live Arcade years ago called Bloody Good Time. That mm-hmm. was really cool. It's kind of like that game a bit. It reminds me of it a lot. Yeah. I don't know if listeners have heard of that. Uh, maybe we'll put a link in the show notes mm-hmm. um, for that game. But um, yeah, it's just really fun. It's a, it's a blast. Um, and it's cheap too. It was like, it was like 20 bucks. Yeah, so those are my three nicest. I got a couple of honorable mentions. Yes. Um, one is the Tears of the Kingdom, but not the whole game. Right. Just the ascendability. Oh, we got to fight about this. Why? <laughs> like, okay, okay. Look, I don't know. I don't have that much to say. I just really like the ascendability, yeah. and I wish it was in more things. It's so cool, mm-hmm. but so simple. I just want that in more stuff. Yeah. That's all I really want to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Um, I was very frustrated by it. Yeah. It made no story sense. Sure. Its upper limit was arbitrary. Yeah, that's true. Very frequently you'd be in a cave and you just, you couldn't go through the ceiling, but if you walked near the sloped walls, you'd be fine. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it just never, it just never felt cohesive to me at, at all. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I liked it. I, I specifically, I liked the, the ascendability because it, to me, it felt like it added some navigational, not challenge, mm-hmm. but like interest. It did. Uh, it did let the mm. level design be more interesting. Yes. Uh, when it when you used it in a level and not just out in the world. Yeah. It was pretty like when it was designed for it. It was pretty compelling. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw. I, I think that that's what aspect of it was cool. Mm-hmm. And every time I see like a little cliff or whatever in another game, I'm like, oh, I just, oh, <laughs> I can't descend. Maybe it's got. Maybe part of it is I love climbing in that in yeah. Breath of the Wild so much. Yeah. And I go for stamina right away. Oh, I mean, I do. And too. I get the the rock climbing outfit, and I'm just like, I'm I'm walking up them walls. I don't need that ascendability. That's fair. Yeah, I guess I don't enjoy the climbing as much, and mm. I think that's part of why I like this. And I like looking for a location so I could ascend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things feel better. Right, um, and both both what I do and what you do is a waste of time. Ultimately, but but like just fun for our style of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I put Baldur's Gate three on this list as an honorable mention, not because I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time playing this game. And it's a very fun co op game. Um, in particular because like everybody brings their own attitudes and stuff to the game, and ideally you aren't ruining other people's fun by yeah. playing it, the, you know, um, the way you are. But like it um creates a lot of fun narrative moments for. A group of four, um, in a way that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to mention that to have played a lot about it, uh, a lot of it, and I still am. So okay. Okay, folks, I'm talking to the two of you right now. Oh, oh. yes, us, yes. Uh, we're going on a hiatus next week. We are. Oh. We'll be out for yeah. um, two months. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, as we do every year, uh, we put on what we call our nice replays, mm-hmm. where people can listen to some of our favorites. And each episode starts with some commentary from us, so it's still new content for you. Yes. A reminder of episodes you have. And one of the things I found out this year, yeah. by going through our analytics, is that we have way man- many more uh, subscribers than we do listeners per each episode. Ah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. We're very topic-based. Sometimes yeah. it's not a topic you're interested in. Sometimes you want to go back to it. And our our, uh, our older episodes get a lot of downloads for a show like ours. I think yes. people do go back. I can only guess your behavior, dear listener. <laughs> right, but right. we've found every year when we when we curate our best of the year, um, we get a lot of good response from listeners who either want a refresher or didn't hear that episode the first yeah. time. Yeah. 
And so um, the point of what I'm getting to is that one of the reasons we do the hiatus is so we can do that, but it's also part of the operation of the show. It's how we keep things sustainable. Mm-hmm. We do need a little bit of time off yeah. um, from producing episodes every week. And one of the other things that can help uh, keep the show alive and keep it going um, is... Patreon. Patreon! <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's a big pitch. Give us your dollars, folks. Yes, please, please, please. Um, any amount of money, any smallest you can give uh, per month will get you ad-free episodes yeah. uh, every week um, and bonus content. Yeah. Um, so that's all fantastic. And, you know, that's a great argument. You want you don't, you pay very little for a better experience for sure. Um, and for things you don't hear anywhere else. So fine, great, but that's not the real reason you want to support us on Patreon. What's yeah. the real reason, guys? I mean, to help the show run, mm-hmm. to give yeah. us money and funding so we can continue to do this into the next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think those are pretty big reasons. Yeah. Yeah, we can give giving you the content that you enjoy, um, and we can give it to you in a better format as a result of the more cash flow Ooh. we could get. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a good pitch? Yeah. I mean, the idea is, is that, like, we want to entice you with the, the benefits. Yeah. But we also want to just say, like, you know, this is a... You're, you're, donating money to help keep the show going yes that that should be your motivation right. and, and yeah. part of that is us not having to promise much and deliver way more than we promise <laughs> yeah. but part of it is a true thing that when you think about the things in your life that matter to you that you support you know if you don't mind the ads mm-hmm. um you may uh, hopefully you'll still consider supporting us on patreon yeah. uh, even if you don't listen to the ad free feed or any of the bonus content because you just value the show mm-hmm. if uh, it's ever given you interesting thought if it's ever started a cool conversation with your game dev uh, compatriots, ever introduced you to a new tool or a new person through an interview we've done, um, you know, how much is that worth to you? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a lot. does not. You think it's worth something. Yeah, yeah. So you can uh, do all of that at patreon.com slash club. All right, 2024. Pew, pew, pew. There's things happening. 2024, <laughs> all the bees. All the, <laughs> all the bees waiting to be played out of the various games. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say I played the bees out of Spirit Island. I meant to. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you get credit still for saying it. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. So we talk about the year ahead in our nicest episodes. We break it into two halves. Mm-hmm. Um, we say uh, most anticipated. And um, what is what we're going to be doing? Yeah, That's, that itself is split into resolutions and what we're working on. So just a bit of an update. But let's talk about the games to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen, you're on the list first. What are you looking forward to in 2024? Oh my gosh, there's so many games from this year I still need to play. Uh, yeah. But what's coming up that's going to be released next year? Um, I definitely want to play Hellblade Two. So that's Senwa's Saga. Okay. I really liked Senwa's Sacrifice. Um, it took me a long time to like work myself up to playing it because it is a game about like psychosis and mental illness. And I've struggled with mental illness in the past. And so mm. I didn't want it to like be a trigger for that kind of yeah. feeling. But it wasn't. It was really cathartic and um, and really great. I loved it. Uh, so it's in a responsible way. Um, you said you're saying, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, and they, you know, they've, they've got a lot of, um, behind the scenes content that explains kind of some of the things that they did to make sure that the game yeah. approached those topics in a way that was like sensitive to the experience of people who have gone through some of that. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm yeah, the, the next one's coming out. I have, don't know anything about it other than it's coming out, and I kind of like to keep it that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll like subscribe, put it on my wish list, and then when it launches, I'll play it, and that's exciting. Awesome. Um, yeah. There are a couple cool, really cool looking indies I'm excited for. Uh, Dustborn looks really interesting. It's like a an adventure game about like crossing a dystopian like future us i've got a you know the art looks fantastic art will get me every time mm. um and <laughs> and then hyper light breaker so it's a game yeah. set in the um hyper light drifter like setting world universe yeah um and the art from hyper light drifter is again amazing so uh gonna be really cool and i think like i listed a few more on my um my most anticipated of 2024. But I think the last one that I'll mention here is little kitty, big city because it's got, yeah. Oh yeah. It's coming out. Yep. It'll come out this year. I think is the plan. And it does have an amazing name for one, but also like mm-hmm. um, I played stray and now I want to continue the trend of playing games when you're a cat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to keep, I want to see how, yeah, I want to play these games where you're a cat and, compare them and hopefully it doesn't i don't want to spoil anything about stray but like some part right. some parts of stray were really sad and this one looks really happy <laughs> so yeah. okay yeah so, yeah yeah uh, this one is more mischief kitty yeah i think uh, yeah um i mean who knows the the premise is so interesting you're a cat trying to make make it home mm-hmm. but i don't think we have not seen a lot more about its gameplay or story than the initial teaser trailers. Yeah. I think the premise is just so strong yeah. that everybody was excited about it. I think it got a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really curious as to like what I kind of, I mean, I, I don't really care if it's any good. I think it's, sure. I think already it's enough. Yeah. Sometimes a premise is enough yep. yeah, it's true. Uh, to be enjoyable. If it's just like a fine, might just be a, a, a collectathon 3d platformer. Mm-hmm. Fine. But I'm curious to see what others, what else it has up its sleeve. Yeah, um, because it looks really cool. Cool. Yeah, I I haven't heard of literally. Oh no, I've I've heard of uh, the new Senua game. But other than that, I haven't heard of any of these games. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why my list is so short. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know a lot of these games. You know, um, I was just taking a peek at uh, Ultros. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the art is really distinctive. Um, but also you might, that might be something you want to take a peek at for thinking about, um, Sledgehammer Bride. Oh, um, really? Just okay. as a, just as a source of inspiration, not like directly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, you want to, you want a sort of unique look, but you haven't really nailed what, how you want that to be exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Metroidvania, which is not quite what you planned for that. Yeah, no, I don't, um, one, but that, that sort of expressive personality, I think is something you do want. And so it might be something to take a look at for I'll that check reason. Check it out. Add it to the vision board, you know? This yeah. is not the aesthetic I want for the game, but it does have a unique aesthetic. Yeah, so yeah. I, right, not a direct sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take a peek. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mark, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, Nintendo stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like every time I'm like, I got to think about... The thing about indie games in particular mm-hmm. is that they just kind of show up and I play them. Yep. I don't... They're not part of the hype cycle as much. And so I don't... I feel less and less guilty as the years go by of like not putting a bunch of indie games on my list. Sure. Um, or smaller titles. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just really busy. <laughs> yeah. There's that too. I just don't feel bad about it anymore. And I'm just like, well, I'll play the Nintendo games and that's fine. I'm happy to play Nintendo games and be the Nintendo game guy. Yeah. But um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remake is coming. Yeah. I'm really thrilled about that. Um, Maybe I'll finally beat the game <laughs> this <laughs> next year. I've never beat it. I got really close. 
the thing didn't, didn't. the thing about this game is that it was my return to video games. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, we did GoldenEye, Death Matches, Mario Kart was in Nintendo 64. We were the Nintendo 64 house yeah. amongst my friends. Nice. Um, my parents had like a big uh, rear projection old, you know, the really the old big screen TVs before they were flat screens. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And one of those. And so we, you know, it was really fun. Uh, and I was really into that. And then I went to college. I just skipped that whole generation of GameCube, Xbox, mm. PlayStation 2. Right. And then um, uh, Dale got her hands on a Wii when they came out, when they were really, really rare. And there weren't a lot of games yet that were really interesting. And so I picked up a bunch of GameCube I games, that whole generation. Yeah. And one of them was Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, which I just got because it was cheap and I needed, I wanted to try a bunch of games. Sure. And play video games in a while. And so I really have a fond place in my heart for that game. I'm not really a huge RPG person. Yeah. I do like them, but they're not something I really am attracted to. Um, but it's got Mario on it. You got my attention. Uh, that game has a brilliant story. It's very clever. It's very funny. Um, and the, the design is great. It's paced really well. Like it's just a fantastic piece of work. Mm. And as my re-entry as a video game player, as an adult, it is special to me. And so I'm really glad it's coming out uh, as a remake. Cool. Very, very thrilled about that. The other big Nintendo game uh, that was announced in the same Nintendo Direct is Princess Peach Showtime, ah. uh, which is a, <laughs> a Peach game. It kind of looks like a beat-em-up. In a weird way, yeah. I don't think it is, but it has that vibe going. Huh. Um, the, the concept is really interesting. Uh, uh, it looks of, very cute. Yeah, and the the charm of it is irresistible. Yeah, yeah. The idea is is that you're on stage and you go from like set piece to set piece. Uh, kind of narratively, it's like Mario three in that sense. Mm, like mm-hmm. all of this is just pretend. Yeah. And I like that approach to it. Um, and so, and of course, Princess Peach starring in a, a mainline Mario title is exciting on yeah. its own, but I think just think the game looks really interesting. Mm. Um, and I, just the aesthetic and the style of it is really cool. And, you know, the, the evolution of, of women characters in games, it took this big pit stop with like tattooed badass, yeah. right? Mm. The only women in games could be tattooed badasses for a while. Yeah. And like, that was the attempt to sort of like bring women into gaming it was kind of misguided right yeah which isn't to say that characters of that ilk are bad it's right. just that when that was the one answer people had yeah it felt a little bit like are you really actually fixing things yeah and princess peach as a holdover from a previous stereotype mm. that that still has lots of negative uh, uh ramifications yeah um they didn't they said princess peach is exactly as frilly and girly and pink and regal and mm-hmm. as ever yeah and that will remain part of her identity as we evolve her into the modern world mm-hmm. and i think that's you know, it's baby steps in a way, but like that's, I think that's a really good, not every franchise takes those steps. Sometimes they're just like, well, this is too important to our history, so we'll just keep it as is, but then add new things yeah. or whatever. And I think Nintendo, which is not particularly adept at this in general, right? Um, it has really done a lot better job um, with Princess Peach making her just a real character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you can and, play and not abandoning what she is, and yeah. and not apologizing for what she yeah. was. Yeah. Um. But but also no longer no longer engaging in a lot of the things that made her a problematic character. Right. Well, I mean, actually, that's actually a very fascinating point because, like, I mean, you brought up Super Mario Bros. Wonder uh, earlier. Yeah. Um. But there's no like, no one gets captured in Super Mario Bros. Wonder except for a castle, I guess, because mm. Bowser takes over the castle. Yeah. Um, um, and but, the whole time is like, I got a castle. Ah, I'm like, a castle now. It's, yeah. just, it's, just, it's as dumb <laughs> as it sounds. It's great. It is actually. And you, Bowser Jr. is like, my dad's a castle. Yeah. He's going to get you. <laughs> Everyone's so <laughs> silly. <laughs> that is great about it. But like, yeah, there's no, no one is, there's no one captured. Um, even in, was it, uh, uh, Super Mario 3D World, right? Which is, one of the more recent DVD-ish ones. Uh, little sprites were in bottles in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one, people got captured in that. Like, yeah. People, no, no one gets captured. It's just, 
No one's taken hostage. No one loses agency. Yeah. You can play as Peach in that game too. So like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Also, you can play as Daisy. That's yeah. what I played as Daisy. Well, before. the thing that the, the real step in Mario Wonder yeah. is that uh, you can play as uh, Peach. You can play as Daisy. You can yeah. play as Toadette. Yep. And and if you count the two toads as one toad and you ignore the Yoshis and the Nabbit, uh-huh. which you don't. But basically, yeah. there's pretty much as many women as men characters in a Mario game. And for a game that will always star Mario and Luigi, yeah. that won't change. Yeah. Uh, that is a real positive step. Yeah. There's a great interview with a developer who said that my daughters don't fight over who gets to be Peach. Ah. Which is, it's not enough to put a woman in your game. Yeah. If it's a multiplayer game. The scarcity of women characters is a real thing. It's not right. just the absence. Yes, it's and that's and I think that's really important. And yeah. so I, and and they made a real, especially after falling on their face so hard with the new Super Mario Brothers series mm-hmm. by putting in those two toads. Yeah, ugh, like mm. I mean that that said a very bad thing, mm. right? Um, and so um, I make this point in the talk I gave at MDev, and so I kind of want to make that as an episode where I get really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited about Princess Peach. Yes, sorry. You know, really on you know because it just looks super cool, and I'm yeah. I'm glad games, action games, get to like be just whatever. Yeah, and I think that's what's cool about it mm-hmm. is like there's it, it's just like yeah all the cliches and tropes. I mean, we'll take some or whatever, but we don't need all of them, and we'll just try something fun and new. Yeah, and they're not. It's not. A, they're not advertising it to kids or girls. They're just like, this is a Princess Peach game, this is a game. Mm-hmm. where she bops Princess people with her parasol. Yeah. Like, you know, you just got Perfect. done with Halo. Have fun with this one. Like, yeah. And I think that's that's a step forward. And I really, really like that. Yay. I don't want to give it too much credit, but I, I really do like that. Yeah. Um, and to see it from Nintendo, a very conservative company, yeah. um, is quite nice. Um, parasol can be very effective for bopping. Just want to say. So, yeah, right. Probably makes sense. Very realistic in that way. Yeah, proven in the field. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is just more Playdate games. One of the things we do for Twin Cities Playtest is uh, because we have Playdate hardware here mm-hmm. and we can we can funnel it into the stream that we do for that event is I solicit uh, in-development Playdate games every month. Yeah. And so I play a bunch of new Playdate games every month. That's part of that process. So I'm a little spoiled for that. Um, and I just can't wait to play more of them. I'm pretty excited about it, especially because it's a little bit of looking through the window because I'm not, I don't know when I'll finish mine. Steven? My list is short. Dragon's Dogma 2. Yep. <laughs> Maybe again for the third time you say in the notes. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I put it on the list last year, and I guess I must have put it on the list the year before that. It uh, didn't have a release date, or was it delayed? It uh, it didn't have a release date. They just announced it. They, I think I was, I don't know. I remember hearing rumors about it yeah. two years ago, and then they announced it. And now this year, they're actually showing gameplay and stuff, so it's actually happening. And it does seem like it'll be something that'll happen next year, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. They didn't release. They didn't send it, set a release date or anything like that, or even a release window. So we'll see. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I had a hard time coming up with another game um, to put on the list. Like I am kind of looking forward to Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door remake. Mm-hmm. Like I've played it already. Yeah. Um, and like it'll be cute if they, you know, if they and they they'll remaster the music. I really like music in those games. Yeah, in particular. Um, but like, uh, I don't know. I'm not like super hyped for that so i don't know i couldn't come up with anything else which is kind of sad yeah feels kind of sad you know we've i think every year we have the we we're game developers we don't play enough games yeah we don't follow games enough yeah and you know i mean part of it is like every year is different it was a big fall this year a that's lot true. of games squeezed into a holiday release that's true. so a lot of times those games get delayed to march to get out of the way yeah didn't happen this year yeah um i, I don't know that it, i guess it didn't need to mm-hmm. um for whatever reason um and so maybe there just aren't as many out there because i also feel like i really just pulled from a nintendo direct i also i mean i didn't 
I feel like I also didn't really get a, a good I mean, sense even, of what's coming. But like, I also tend to be a Nintendo person, right? But yeah. like, even then, I didn't pick anything from Nintendo stuff because, well, maybe maybe part of the reason is because they haven't announced any Kirby games. Well, <laughs> <they> have. Uh, <laughs> but also, that's what they that's what they bring you in with, and then while you're there, you might as well try some whatever, yeah. some Yoshi or Pikmin here or there. <laughs> Yeah. I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't even play Pig before this, you know. I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've just no- I've noticed my interest in AAA games in general has waned dramatically over the past few years. Yeah. Um, and then I think I agree with you, Mark, in that like I oftentimes just find out about indie games when they come out, mm. um, or I get back, I get to them eventually. Um, but I don't like I don't tend to anticipate them very heavily early on. So I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'm like exactly the reverse. It's like, okay, yeah. here are the list of AAA titles coming out in 2024, and they all, all the titles sound exactly the same to me. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, Schmirkishmir 3, Schmirkishmir 4. Yeah. It's like they have the exact same number of syllables, so when I come across something that's like, Little Kitty Big City, I'm like, oh, that <laughs> one rhymes. It's different. Yeah. Pay attention. Click on that link. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, 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 I enjoy a lot of indie games. I just, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, yep. But Dragon's Dogma 2, I'm very excited for that one. Yeah. Extremely yeah. excited. Uh, uh. <laughs> so that makes up for everything. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Game dev resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. Ellen, I heard yours is the same as it was last year. And apparently the year before. Um <laughs> Learn Godot more and do less work, make more stuff. I feel like I actually have gotten to do less work, make more stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, like, I mean, I didn't get into making Godot, but like, did some game jam stuff and like, you released a lot of stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, made made a noodle, and I mean that that's that's work, I guess, but like yeah. that counts. Work work has become more of making stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's what happens when you get a job you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not um, a familiar experience. It takes sometimes it takes a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I mean I like I've been blessed to like mostly like most of the jobs that I've had and they've all you know, recently in the last several years been highly creative, but this is like making games. Um but in you know, in addition to that, like we did a lot of work on Dogpile this year and that was really fun. Um so I, I think I just kind of want to keep the same ones, you know, like make yeah. stuff and hopefully make it in Godot. So, yeah, um, I you know I said that I said earlier, I've got to make myself a portfolio site and I'm sticking to that as my next to do. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the longer wanna... it takes for you to become a Godot expert, the longer it'll take me to become one because I've really decided right. to wait for you. <laughs> Okay. Which is really healthy for me because I have so many other things. <laughs> you do. See, this not, is not, not be a good idea for me to dive into Godot. Yeah. But I do because, want Because like if that gives me a, an excuse to procrastinate more. It's like <laughs> Oh no. You can't start because Mark's still so busy. And if yeah. you learn, then you, Mark will have to learn and you just can't do that to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till we get to uh, mine cuz it'll surprise you. This is like we're both yeah. um disenablers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other. that's fascinating. We're um, just both really busy. Yeah, you're, well, yeah, I think I you're, think... you're busier, but like, yeah. It, mm. Well, anyway. I think what's I think you've talked about in the last couple of years about like really wanting to dive into Godot. Yeah, but I I like where you're at now, which is like you're not gonna like 
punish yourself if you don't get as far on that as you want. Yeah. It's just there for you when you've got time for it. Yes. You know, I mean, I, this is what you're saying. You may feel more remorse about this, but it sounds like you've come <laughs> to terms with the, the pace that you're on with this. Yeah. I th- Well, I mean, I think it's just, there's just been a lot of other things going on yeah. and, um, you didn't waste that time and, you could have spent is what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm at the point now where it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sleep deprive myself. Right. Like to, to get that stuff done. Um, that doesn't ever end up helping in the long run. Like it then just ends up actually just making things slower. You just got to do it a day at a time and try to stay on top of the most important things. Um, and for me, it's like exercise and sleep and spend time with people. and if if I don't have those regularly, then it doesn't matter if I've made a bunch of progress with Godot because I will crash and burn and forget everything I've learned if I can't maintain a consistent pace, right? right? So like, figure out the stuff that you need to be able to do on the regular to be able to, you know, maintain your pace indefinitely and go from there. And that's kind of where I'm at. So right now it's like, I, I'll work on my portfolio site and... I, and then other than that, I probably won't even touch any like important project stuff until after Christmas because yeah, ah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so many boxes to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Same as last year. Boring. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I think it's a good sign. Yeah. Right. Because uh, <laughs> I think flopping around year to year can like mean you get nothing done. Right. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. <laughs> Well, last year I said I wanted to get Dreams Heather out, which is not fully in my control, so I don't yeah. feel bad about that not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to get other things out, and I feel—I mean, we got Glom out, yeah. But I guess we sort of knew that was happening. We didn't know when it would happen. Yes, at that time. Um, I'm just looking at my note. I'm like, what did I mean by that? Other things? What was I talking about? I might have been talking about Playdate stuff. Um, Maybe, you're but not- even even then, I was already like, the engine is the project more than oh, the game I was working yeah, on. Yeah. So, sure. Um, but also on my list was to pitch Dogpile, um, and I talked about that earlier in the show. But we definitely did that. We put a lot of effort into that. We mm-hmm. put a lot of effort into like refining it. Yep. Um, we put together that solo mode, which is really good. Yeah. We made some final sort of rule adjustments after some play testing. Mm-hmm. Feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, players seem to pick it up, and they have they they really engage with it when it's there. But uh, I, we, you know, we talked. We just don't have the energy to keep pitching it, which is what it needs to be sold. Yeah. Uh, so multiple people have told me that it's ready for Kickstarter. Like oh. we've done so much work on that game, way more than most developers do at the pitching wow. stage. That like just put it on Kickstarter, it will do well. And it's like you cannot convince me to do a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. I just can't do it. And so I'm a little bit bummed about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not putting it on my resolutions this year. Mm-hmm. As much as I wish it could happen. Um, there just isn't time for it. Yeah. Um, and so it's just gonna have to simmer in the background, which means probably hmm. nothing will get done with it. Yeah. Um, unless one of you two really gets a fire under your butt. And I mean, I'm not doing a Kickstarter, but maybe I'll help <laughs> pitch it or something. I don't. I don't mean that necessarily, yeah. but like you know, starts to to sort of uh, keep an eye on this progress and look out for opportunities and stuff, sure. which none of us just have time for. Yeah. Um, and so I'm letting myself off of the hook for that, even though Dogpile could sell great. I believe yeah. in that game. Yeah. But it's good. It's. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad we did the work we did with it last year. And it's in our pocket for whenever. Yeah. It's not going to get old. Yeah. Um, I feel that way about Roboston too. I do want to do some more playtesting with that cuz it's a fun mm. game. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I forgot how fun it was and how finished it really was. Yeah. It's really it's content and balance is all it needs, which is you don't yeah. need that for a pitch. Mm-hmm, um, you don't know. So, maybe mm-hmm. that's what I want to do is is to get us to just take another peek at it. I mean, I'd play it again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring it to playtest. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Actually, you know what we need to do? We need to make a prototype, a printable prototype. Oh. Uh, yeah. We, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was during pandemic time. So it was yeah. a perfect uh, tabletop simulator thing. But it's hard to play test in tabletop simulator. Yes, it is. Uh, harder than most games, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Uh, that was seemed like a real big bummer. But um, my resolutions <laughs> for this year, uh, I do want to get DreamSet out this year. Um, I'm going to be pressuring the team to, you know, to, I think we're, fall seems reasonable, mm-hmm. but it's not just scope is an interesting issue, but also there's going to be, a, there's a ton of writing that mm-hmm. needs to be done. Okay. Yeah. Part of, part of my work with the prototyping system is to make it so that we can have a game that is complete and can be filled with content, Yeah. which is not how the, f- the first game in this series was done. And so I have to do mm-hmm. a little bit of convincing the team that that's the right way to do it. Um, and we'll be ultimately faster because then we can get a real sense and then we can grow our scope on content mm-hmm. because we can just fill whatever time is available to us. We can set a deadline for a gold master or whatever and then and then spend a couple of months just filling the world and, sure. and fleshing out yeah. the, 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 the sequences yeah. and, and providing the story beats, the details of the story beats we've already decided because we've done a lot of this narrative design already. It's just, um, so I'm, I'm, this is just my, um, um, I know Mike sometimes will listen to an episode of the show. Oh, really? So he might, so he might hear this. <laughs> um, uh, but he knows all this. Yeah. Uh, that the, how how interested I am in getting this thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the it's the game I've worked on professionally the longest, full time for longest now. Because yeah, uh, Widget Satchel took two years. Metro Nexus was on and off. Um, you know, and the smaller projects were much smaller projects. Yeah. Uh, this is the game I've worked on professionally for the longest time at two and a half years now. And I, I don't want this to be a five-year project. I really, yeah. really, really, really don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, frankly, I can't afford it to be that. Mm. Like, you know, I get paid yeah. and I, I'm, I'll, I'll get a good cut of the, of the, a really good cut of the, of the sales. I'm in good shape. Yeah. Game's got to get done. Right. You don't get a cut until the game comes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Now, the longer mm-hmm. I work on it, the more money I will ultimately get from it. But like, I would like to get another, maybe a higher paying job as soon as possible. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, because now, I mean, this might be, it, maybe last year was the year where it was like, you know, it's, there's no more, there's no more being okay breaking even with my, my business expenses. There's no more getting a really good uh, uh, tax rebate because I, I spent more on yeah. renting the office and stuff that, than I, they, you know, just like writing that line, yeah. which I've done as a yeah. developer for uh, quite a while now. It's like, now it's the time I just got to be more career focused. Mm-hmm. And what, that's not that means to be a little bit more ruthless about this stuff. Yeah. But it's not yeah. hard. We just got to get this game done. Yeah. Um and then I'll be in good shape to figure out what to do next. And that might be making three playdate games and selling those independently. That might be finishing mm-hmm. Metro Nexus and trying to make it sort of an arcade style game and and you know it might might remain continuing to work independently on my own things. It might be putting together a small team. It might be uh consulting again or or uh, um freelancing on another project mm-hmm. um because that's what i did before dream settler and that was a good habit I, or a good pattern i was developing yeah so that's what i want to do um, i want to get dream settler out um but in the meantime i want to work on it because it's super fun to work on yeah but the other things i want to do is i want i need to set up the future of noble robot as an office space mm-hmm. um uh, we've been here for two years uh it was one year left on the lease um i expect to to re-up um for years after but um, I do have to put some effort into, and I talked about this last year too. Yeah. Um, put some mm-hmm, effort into mm-hmm. like it's sort of like you know uh, uh, filling the desks here and getting it a little bit more lively. Um, events we've held here, um, we're still requiring masking. It's still you know um, I've been much slower than other people on sort of uh, on, on giving up the COVID protections mm-hmm. um, for personal, but also just sort of uh, um, uh, general reasons. Sure. I don't want to be responsible for. Yeah. Other pe- for other people's uh, um, health 
in my space. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm perfectly comfortable other, with other people not wearing a mask at a place I go to if I feel I need to. Like, I think that incidents of, uh, it's, the world is better now, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just that, like, I'm still have that little extra layer. But when I'm responsible for the space, mm-hmm. I put a much higher demands on me. And that is men, and I talked about this, oh, it's exactly the same thing last year. Yeah. Because things haven't changed a lot. They have gotten better this year, but not that much better. Mm. Whereas I was this plateau of, like, if you don't think about it, it seems mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But pandemic not over, y'all. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still having very much difficulty with being really aggressive about running this as a public space, mm-hmm. um, which has been very frustrating, but I cannot let it go. Um, we'll see in the new year. Uh, data is, is scarcer. So that's going to be on my mind all year again. We're doing Global Game Jam here again, um, and uh, we'll be doing a lot more public events and stuff. But I, I got to push past it or things got to get better. I don't know. We'll see. Last thing on my list is um, I do want to set up the console SDKs for Dream Settler and even for Metro Nexus that I want to get back into the the the, the workflow of console development mm. um, because I've been working on Dream Settler for the last two years. I haven't had a reason to make a switch build of it. Yeah, we we did mm-hmm. early on, um, but um, that's just, so like things have just I need to set that environment back up because I'm gonna have to start doing it this year yeah. when as we prepare for release for for porting on the various consoles. And new consoles might come out. <laughs> yeah. Like that might be a thing that happens <laughs> or at least announced. So I got to get ready for that sort of stuff. So okay. that's going to matter. And I've got porting work that's in the, my back pocket and a, a project that came to me uh, a couple months ago that I do want to. So I was just talking about being focused, but that's, that's part of the balance that I've already struck. So just got to do a little bit of that. Yeah. It's just, that's just nothing, nothing about, is it exciting? Just got to, yeah. just got to do the work. Just got to do the work. Yeah. Sometimes work's got to get done. And I feel Steven, you probably have a similar set of goals um kinda okay. i don't know uh okay so last year my my goal actually all of my goals i think tend to be vague so then i can say i did them <laughs> and it's fine yeah um last year's goal was less chaos more taking control and that was just due to all of um a lot of um uh, real life things happening to me last year um that it was out of my control and i could not you know i couldn't deal with um or i, I dealt with it i yeah. guess but i didn't like it wasn't something I could influence. Um, and so this year, I did basically do that. I moved out and moved in my brother's place for a little while and then got another a new place, and that's nice. Um, and that's been good. And work has been, well, that's been chaotic. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it hasn't been, it hasn't been terrible. Um, um, I do feel like I've taken more control over a lot of things that I can. Um, and, I yeah, I feel, I feel better about a lot of stuff with respect to that. So that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, good. But this coming year i want to look into other engines outside of unity and five years ago me uh, whatever whore <laughs> <laughs> yeah um five years ago me is screaming why because <laughs> i was pretty adamant about just you not having to deal with any do any other engines y- you know because unity is i don't know they're doing stuff i guess uh uh mm. I, I i can't i can't really control what unity unity's been on my nerves a little bit for the past couple years anyways Mm-hmm. Um, not just like I don't know. It, it, I I think it's beneficial for me as a person in in my career. Um, to to look into um other engines so that I can feel more um comfortable, I guess, in other spaces with respect to that. Um, mm-hmm. and feel more flexible in, in case I have done a little bit of experimentation already. Like I worked in um Game Maker for a little while. 
Um, but I might look at Godot before y'all do. Ooh, yeah. So I would like to see that. Oh, it's on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a competition. Oh, now, now it's gonna happen. Yeah. This actually might work. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is to make it a competition. That's my strat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do want to look. Uh huh. Weird feelings of competitiveness inside me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. but I just want to look at other engines because I think it'll, it'll, I'll feel more comfortable. I mean, it'll probably help me feel more comfortable in Unity in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I think it'll be beneficial for Future Club as well because I'm still currently the only programmer. Right. Um, it'll be helpful for us to like explore other engine options. Well, not just that, but like, you know, um, if and when the engineering team expands, yes. you'll be able to work with more people. Exactly. If, if you have, and it doesn't have to even be a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Just with some familiarity means you could bring other people on board and then you could work better together. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is great because you learning something other than Unity is a multi-year project of Nice Games Club. It's one of the reasons we founded the program <laughs> to get Steven to use something else. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly and, it. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm you glad it's in, finally happening. One in the phase two. Seven plus years later. Phase two. <laughs> yeah, the multiverse era. This yeah. is it. Yeah. yeah now we're going to spend the next seven years trying to get you to comment your code. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to happen, right? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Ellen, you didn't talk about your portfolio site. I should have a portfolio site. I've yeah. been in this field of work for over a decade. I'm just, it's so boring. <laughs> 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 I need to find a way to make it more interesting because it's just like, okay, here's this thing that I, like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I have many years of experience in web design and it doesn't feel any better. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. it's pretty rough. No. I need to like, I'll I'll recruit my husband and be like, "Hey, I'm having trouble getting motivated for this. Help me come up with some sort of motivation." And she will probably be like, "You just need to do the thing." And I'll be like, "No, no, no. like, <laughs> I don't know, like something. I get to we get to go out and have a burrito, or I don't know, yeah, something thing I've got to do." And now apparently I've got to race Stephen to learn Godot. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your so, plate now. Yep. You know? Yeah. Got yeah. Me. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, so for work, as far as projects go, you just got to do a portfolio site, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we might, we'll see how this works out. It's a potential opportunity with a customer. Um, okay. We might end up, we might be doing an escape room. Oh. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. I probably won't be able to talk about it much at all when we do the project, but mm-hmm. I can at least say like, oh, you're doing it or we're not doing it. <laughs> but right now it's we might be doing it okay. so i'll keep you guys posted exciting i interpreted that not as you will tell us you're doing it or you'll tell us you're not doing it is that you will tell us you're doing it or not doing it <laughs> yeah 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 right that statement will return true right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey that's our show and that's our year for show notes and links on today's topics, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on social media at Nice Game Club, where Dale posts about game dev resources and nonsense ZX Spectrum stuff. It's ZX Spectrum, right? Because it's not an American thing. It's not ZX. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Reply yeah, yeah. on the various platforms, mostly threads these days, or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff, including ad-free episodes. Sign up at patreon.com slash nice games club. If you want to keep things more casual and talk to folks during hiatus about all the cool stuff we're rebroadcasting, 
just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we will be starting a hiatus, so there will be a nice new, nice replay to listen to. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Uh, so Dale is editing this. So Dale, this is a message for you. Uh, True. Um, because Stephen and I didn't do the what we're working on, we rolled that into resolutions. And Ellen just talked about oh, that. Yeah. Can you snip that part out and stick it at the end of her section? Because yes. I think it will slot in quite nicely. Good idea. And yeah, I think it'll, it'll just be all structurally sound. Yeah, but I don't want to. Right. And then cut this stuff out. I sort of did. And you, I think, Ellen, you did mention... Um, um, the first part a little bit, but it probably isn't. It's probably not going to have to be a lot of trimming or whatever. You can just probably tag it at the end. Of the I think so yeah, or uh, you know, worst case scenario, you just slice the whole thing out, and that's fine. Okay, like, that's that's cool. That's right. Dale, you make the call. I usually do. Yeah, love you, Dale. And now you. Love you, Dale. <laughs> yeah, you know how I feel about you. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen loves me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.